0: a man was going in for an interview. So he went into the the office, and uh, the man who was interviewing him was going to be his potential employer. And so the boss said, what we need in this position is someone who is responsible. And at this, the man perked up, he sat up in his chair, He, he adjusted his tie, he said, oh, sir, that's great. That's wonderful. See, my last job, Whenever anything went wrong, they said, I was responsible. (laughs) In today's gospel reading from St. Mark, Jesus gives a very short interview to his potential disciples, and he makes them the following offer. Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Mark 1, verse 17 And the two sets of brothers, Andrew and Simon Peter, and James and John, they ditch their nets and they follow Jesus. Of course, this is just the beginning of their discipleship. They're just starting to follow Jesus. And so they really don't know the destinations that their lives have in store for them. What's going to happen next? They can never imagine. And that's really what discipleship can do for all of us. Discipleship tugs us in directions, and it drives us to destinations we never could have imagined before. And here I am in Delhart. Who would have known that I would have been in Delhart, Texas? Discipleship is an adventure. Discipleship is at the beating heart of the Christian faith. Now, I have a statement for you, and I want you to tell me whether the statement is true or false. Here's the statement. The church is in the disciple-making business. True or false? True. Okay, where people aren't sure. The answer is true. It's true. The primary business of the church is the disciple-making business. When the church is not in the business of making disciples, it is being something else, other than the church. And when you and I ignore or put off Jesus' invitation to discipleship, we're not being Christian. We're being something else. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Anyone here ever heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? He was a Lutheran pastor and a theologian during the Nazi era in Germany. And he was executed by hanging for his opposition to Hitler. But he also wrote a book which has become a spiritual classic called The Cost of Discipleship. And in it, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes these words. Quote, Christianity without the living Christ is inevitably Christianity without discipleship. And Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. End of quote. I'm going to read it again because it's so important. Christianity without the living Christ is inevitably Christianity without discipleship. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. But what exactly is discipleship? I want you to think about that in your mind. Don't say anything out loud. Sometimes I would like you to say some things out loud, but right now just think inside your mind. Answer the question for yourself. What is discipleship? Now that you've thought about it for a little bit, get ready to catch, because I'm going to toss you some definitions. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is a person who is striving in his or her daily life, outside of this building, to follow Jesus. A churchgoer approaches Christianity as a spectator sport, watching from the sidelines. But a disciple approaches Christianity as a way of life, actively playing on the field. A churchgoer is missing pieces from his or her faith. But a disciple is hunting, is tracking, is searching for those pieces, and with God's help is finding them. Now, red light, we should probably stop the sermon right now. I mean, this discipleship stuff that I'm talking about, that's not really an Episcopal thing, right? Right. Right? Wrong. 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 Discipleship is a defeating heart of what it means to be a Christian, period, regardless of one's denomination. And actually, our Episcopal and Anglican heritage is rooted in this idea of discipleship. This idea of following Jesus in every aspect of one's life. It's in the liturgy. It's definitely in the hymns. It's very obvious in those promises that you have made. And that you in the back have made. That we all have made several times. On pages 304 and 305 of the Book of Common Prayer. Something called the Baptismal Covenant. We all make those promises. Those promises are all about living a discipleship life. Alan Hirsch, in his book called Untamed, defines discipleship as loving God first and foremost and loving everything else in light of that love. Discipleship is the Christian way of life that puts more emphasis on how you follow Jesus during your everyday lives than how pious you are on Sunday morning. So discipleship happens when you're out playing with your friends on the playground, and whether you are acting in a way that would reflect Jesus' teaching. Discipleship happens when you're at work and you're stressed out and your boss is being a jerk and how you respond. That either reflects your discipleship or does not. Your discipleship happens in your marriage. Your discipleship happens with your friends. Do you stand with them or do you not? Discipleship happens when you think nobody else is around and how you conduct yourself. That either reflects or does not reflect your discipleship. Two women were visiting over coffee, and one of them said, well, whenever I'm down in the dumps, I buy myself some new clothes. And the second woman said, oh, that's where you get them. (laughs) Disciples strive to follow Jesus whether they're they're down in the dumps or whether they're on cloud nine, whatever the circumstance. And so the big question for all of you that are here this morning is will you say yes to Jesus' invitation to disciple Will you take the next step in your walk of faith? That very venerable and famous theologian, Bob Dylan, once said these words, Quote, Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and said, Bob, why are you resisting me? I said, I'm not resisting you. He said, are you going to follow me? I said, I've never thought about that before. He said, when you're not following me, you're resisting me. End of quote. Have you been resisting Jesus? Have you been resisting God? Maybe you've just been ignoring God. Putting God off discipleship comes in many shapes many flavors many styles if you will what I'd like you to do now is put on your imagination cap okay? so some of you have a hard time finding your imagination cap but I just want you to use your imagination for a moment imagine the life of a college student all the things that a college student might be doing now imagine the life of a plumber the life of a doctor. A retired person. Someone who just, just lost their job. A mother, a priest. Just think of all kinds of different people. Whether they're kids or teenagers or adults. All the different situations people find themselves in. Now, all of these folks, if they're trying to be disciples, will have some things in common as authentic Christians. But their way of living out discipleship will look a little bit different in each case. Because of the circumstances of their lives. But every disciple strives to live every, circle that with a red pen in your mind, strives to live every aspect of their life, both the public stuff, what everybody sees, and the private with just a few people, or nobody but God sees. A disciple strives to live out every aspect of their life in light of the gospel of Jesus, the teachings of the God of love. How many of you have ever seen a police officer? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you? No, I'm not going to ask any more about that. Um, but think about a police officer who is trying to be a faithful disciple. Okay? A police officer is going to have some pressure points, some unique challenges to trying to be a, a faithful disciple that, let's say, a farmer will not have. And a farmer will have some challenges to their discipleship that the police officer will not have. What if I asked you about a politician? Will they have some unique challenges to being a disciple that you and I probably don't have? Of course they will. Of course they will. So if that makes sense to you that depending on the circumstances of your life and your responsibilities and all of that, you'll have different pressure points. You'll have some challenges that other people won't have when it comes to discipleship. If that makes sense to you, say Amen. Amen. Okay for Episcopalians, the Amen. was okay. <laughs> That's not the greatest statement. But disciples also do share things in common. In fact, for over 2,000 years, disciples have committed themselves to a certain set of practices. And these practices can open up your life to the waterfall of God's love, can open up your life to God's transforming spirit, and to the zest and flavor and the passion of life. And I talk about these practices as the six marks of discipleship. And they are pray daily, worship weekly, read the Bible daily, serve at St. James and beyond, relate with others, and build spiritual friendships, and give generously. And let's say those together, just repeat after me. So pray daily, daily. daily. worship weekly, weekly. read the Bible daily, daily. serve at St. James and beyond, Relate with others and build spiritual friendships. Relate with others and build spiritual friendships. And give generously. And give generously. Good. How many of you have ever tried to, like, you know, maybe go to the gym or get in shape or lose some pounds? Anyone ever try to do that? Come on, have any witnesses here? Anyone still trying to do that? I'm, I'm working on that uh, myself. Working on that myself. Well, you know, if you want to get into physical fitness, certain exercises... Certain practices are required. You you have to do them. You really can't get around them for the most part. And the same is true if you want to achieve spiritual fitness. There are certain exercises, certain practices that are necessary to achieve spiritual fitness. And the six marks of discipleship are just those basic practices in order to get into spiritual shape. And when you talk about spiritual fitness, say spiritual fitness. Spiritual fitness. fitness. That's just another way of saying discipleship. Now, I have three questions for you. And these are big questions. These are questions you cannot fully answer this morning. You might think you can. You think you're smarty pants. But these are deep questions. And you need to talk with someone you trust, maybe with your family, a friend. But here are the three questions. This is your spiritual homework. The first question is, don't you want to experience God? Not just as a abstract idea, not just God is the foundation of philosophy or morality, but experience God in your life. On the path of discipleship you will. You will experience God in ways you never could have imagined. Question number two. Don't you want people to walk with you in love? Don't you want people to stick with you through life's messes and life's joys. To be surrounded by a band of brothers and sisters. A family of disciples. Well, you will on the path of discipleship. Question number three. Don't you want to have a mission in life? A mission. Not just going to school, just going through the routine, making some money, paying the bills, going to work. Don't you want to have a mission? Well, on the path of discipleship, you will. You will make a difference here in Dalhart, you will make a difference across the country, you will make a difference that will last forever. The big secret, one of the big secrets of the gospel, is that discipleship is the great adventure of life. And guess what? You don't have to be a secret agent, you don't have to be a celebrity, you don't have to have a lot of money, you don't have to be any younger, older, whatever. Discipleship is available to everybody. You just have to sign up and say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Now, times are changing. Turn to your neighbor and say, times are changing. changing. (laughs) Christianity is really struggling in the Western world. All the experts say that. They study that. Christianity is struggling in our own country. But in those churches, whether they're big city churches or small town churches, And those churches that are committed to discipleship, hope and vibrancy and life can still be found in buckets full. Buckets full. This is a wonderful congregation. I've enjoyed my time here, getting out in Dalhar, going to the grill, meeting some of you. It's a wonderful place. Wonderful place. And you are also extremely blessed to have a wonderful pastoral couple, Father Phil and Sister Sally. They are committed to discipleship for this congregation. And they have made vows. They have gone beyond what is required of them. They have committed themselves to a particular form of discipleship called the Dominican Way. Which is why the three of us are dressed the same way. I was horrified when I came in this morning. But now is the time for you, each of you, as individuals, to say yes, 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 to Jesus' invitation to discipleship. You don't have to be any younger, you don't have to be any older. There's no excuse. I have this, this stress, I have doubt. No, 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 no. And now is time for you to say yes. As an individual and as a parish family. And not just for your sakes alone, but for the sake of heart, and beyond. And check this out discipleship never stops at home. It always stretches out to the world in love. And may you and I, following Jesus, do the same. Amen.